How y'all doing? It's Jalen Samuels from the Pittsburgh Steelers checking in. Welcome to the Oracle Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a blessed day, everybody. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm here with our co-hosts, Sean Tabato and Jonathan Elliott. We've got a great show for you today. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your audio needs. Check out at the Oracle Pod on Twitter, at the Oracle Pod on Instagram. All right, my name is Brad Andrews. And we're going to get right into the next five teams up. All right. The New York football giants. Ooh. So, Dave Gettleman caught more heat than anyone in recent memory for his draft. As he should. He's already an angry man. I mean. <laughs> I've never seen... So- a general manager go from people and fan bases really believing him in him to him absolutely getting roasted at every turn. So I'm going to play a little bit of the devil's advocate here because he goes with Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke at pick six. Nobody expected him to go that far. Everyone had Dwayne Haskins higher. Everyone had pretty much multiple quarterbacks higher. Daniel Jones reportedly, some teams didn't even believe in his starting ability and wanted him to try out as a tight end in the draft. But you also have multiple reports out there that had him as top, the top quarterback on their board. I watched the tape. I think he was more, one of the more accurate pocket passers in the draft between 5 and 15 yards. He can move if necessary. He's got the toughness to hang in the pocket. He tries to do too much with his feet at times, but hopefully coaching can work on that. His arm strength is not the best, although I did see a clip of him bombing one against Army where he threw one 55, 60 yards. That's against Army. Right, but you got (laughs) to deal with the NFL caliber players now, but he still flashed some arm strength, at least comparatively to what the way he's been portrayed in the media so they revamped their offensive line hold up hold up back with this quarterback are are they reaching brad they see eli he's he's in the end of his career do you think they just reach for a quarterback or do you you really believe this is the answer i mean is this gonna be a franchise quarterback they use their number one pick on this guy Uh, i mean it remains to be seen I have no idea. I like the tape. All I can say is I watched a lot of tape on the top five guys. And he was at Duke. He's got no... The offensive line struggled. The weapons weren't there. He's at Duke. So anybody getting any hype as a quarterback <laughs> coming out of Duke, he's got some talent. He's got connections to the Mannings. Did he I hear also, something about yeah, that? Yeah, David Cutcliffe. Okay, well, you know, there's something to be said about that. All right, so Cutcliffe has that connection to the Mannings. My thing is, you throw Daniel Jones in, and anybody's better than Eli right now. I just want to see some fantasy production. I don't care who it is. And I'm okay with it being Daniel Jones. He's in a terrible situation, 
but I like it. And we'll, I just want the offense to be better. Just be better. What did they do to that O-line for Saquon? So, their O-line, they solidify four of the five starting positions. They still have a question. Well, actually, as of this recording, they just signed Mike Rimmers at right tackle. Mm. So, they revamped the offensive line. You got Saquon coming in there looking to be the overall RB1. Probably has a lower weekly ceiling than most guys just because the offense is going to struggle. Sure. But we will see what how long Eli starts, if they throw Daniel Jones in the mix, and if we can see some improvement. I mean, when you're talking about getting a revamped A-line, we're talking about some serious moves. We got Nate Solder at left tackle. He's the highest paid tackle in history. Am I, am I correct in saying that? By by the new deal that he just got? Possibly. Will Hernandez at left guard. His second year, he's worked out well. Uh, John Jalapio at center. He This is a guy that got hurt last year in the second week, so they didn't have him all season. And then you got uh, Kevin Zettler at right guard. I mean, he's From one, the Browns. Yeah, I mean, they traded Olivier Vernon to him, and, I mean, he was one of the best pass rushers. So, I mean... They believe in this guy, and they're obviously made the moves in the offseason to make a little room for Barkley. So, yeah, obviously these guys that you're adding <laughs> on the O-line are just going to open things up for an already dominant player in Saquon Barkley. Had 1,300 receiving yards last year, 11 touchdowns, 720. 1,300 rush yards. Uh, rush, excuse me. 721 receiving yards and four more touchdowns finished out as RB2. I mean, as a rookie, absolutely dominant. Probably one of the best rookie showings that you can have. I mean, you finish as RB2. What more do you want? He's just a freak. And, you know, they completely revamped the O-line, so... Uh, that can I think it's safe to say thing. if you have the number one overall pick, you better take <laughs> Saquon Barkley. I'm back on Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. It, I've waffled a little bit, but I'm back on him. Yeah. RB1. You know, they, they got some solid wideouts around them. Uh, you know, Golden Tate comes over. We'll talk about him in a hot second. Uh, they got Evan Ingram uh, still there at tight end, who I do like. And, you know, they also have Sterling Shepard. Obviously, they lose OBJ, but... Um, I mean, for me personally, you know, if I got the number one overall fantasy pick, it's Saquon. They're definitely building that offense around Saquon, and he's just going to get a buttload of work. But as I said, deeper into the wide receivers and tight ends, uh, what do we got? What do we got? Who do we like? Who do we like? I don't really like any of them, to tell you the truth. Um Here's the thing, going back to Saquon, let's just keep talking about him. All I hear is, oh, the Giants aren't going to be a very good team. Well, they weren't going to team last year, and he still took care of business. So with a better O-line, I'm, I'm with you guys. He's number one for me, too. All right, he talked about Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. Last year, 872 yards, four touchdowns. Evan Ingram, um, this might be a... Uh, Late pick for a tight end that has the potential to be a tight end one area. I mean, probably end up at the season. Last year he had 577 yards and only three touchdowns. In 11 games. I like him as a top five tight end for sure. Do you? Absolutely. Who else are they going to throw to? Their offense is built on that short game. You got Golden Tate, who 
is much more effective out of the slot, but he's going to be running on the outside. You got Sterling Shepard in the slot. You're going to just be throwing it to that middle of the field. Evan Ingram had a record-breaking year, his rookie year. Last year, the whole offense struggled. He had some injuries, but he still finished 12th in yardage. Touchdowns weren't quite there, so I looked for some positive regression in that area because he only had three. But he still finishes tight end 13. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think uh, Evan Ingram is... The is, volume. I think he's clearly I think he's clearly a tight end one. I like him to get inside the top five. I think they're just going to absolutely throw his way. With the addition of uh, Golden Tate, um, I, uh, he's obviously going to run out of the slot. I think he's... I think he is going to be a huge target for them. And, you know, Sterling Shepard has been there for the past couple of years and put together some solid seasons. Um, the real question for me, obviously, is the quarterback play. It's whether or not uh, Jones is going to be the starter. It's whether or not if Jones isn't the starter, Eli Manning is going to uh, continue to take any sort of step forward. I mean, last year couldn't get the ball out of his hands to save his life. OBJ had his worst season he's ever had because, you know, he, he just couldn't get the ball downfield. Uh, they were stacking the box because it was, it was, it was, they knew what was going to happen. They were going to turn around and hand the ball off. Um, and Saquon still balled. And I have a feeling he's going to ball again this year, but, you know, no OBJ to stretch the field. It really just depends on the QB play for me. Yeah, going back to the QB play, does Eli play all season? That's the question. The latest report is. The offensive coordinator, Mike Shula, who I'm not a fan of, (laughs) was an absolute disaster for the Panthers. He, his latest thing is the report is out that Daniel Jones could start if needed week one. That was the exact wording of the quote. And who knows what that means at this point in the year. It's in May. We don't know. But I would love to see that. That would be better than the alternative in my mind. I mean, anything's better than Eli last year. I say throw him out there. For sure. All right. So they add, just real quick, they also revamped the defense a little bit in the draft. Add Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle from Clemson. DeAndre Baker, who is an excellent press corner coming out of Georgia. So the Giants are looking to be more competitive. But they're still at the bottom of the league. So... Jacksonville Jaguars. Big Dick Nick. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Absolutely. So finally, we hope we get some quarterback production in Jacksonville. A couple years ago, they were a playoff team. Things were looking up. Then everything has fallen apart from there. They end up with the seventh overall pick. Josh Allen, linebacker from Kentucky. Insane ability to rush the pass passer is incredible in coverage. He's also pretty damn good at stopping the run. So basically, a do-it-all edge rusher and a steal at pick seven. Jawan Taylor fell to the second round. He was looking like a first-round pick most of the offseason. They throw an all-conference tight end from there who PFF called an ascending talent who loves this guy. So they add some talent. You got the Jags. You got Nick Foles coming in. It's going to continue to be a run-heavy team. You add a beast right tackle, try to get him some protection. But 
even more importantly than any of that, I think you got to have that defense bounce back in 2019. A couple years ago, they were one of the top fantasy defenses. Last year, they were just waiver wire trash. So Foles comes in, got to have Fournette stay healthy. What do you think about their offense and their outlook? It's when it comes to Nick Foles, I, for fantasy purposes, I don't know. Uh, in a run first offense, like you were saying, that's kind of the semen of the way they do things. I just don't see his part in this. Um, but for everybody else, I think it's going to help because he's not going to turn the ball over like Blake Bortles did. Um, Leonard Fournette, skill wise, talent wise, I'm really high on him, but it's a level of maturity with Fournette. Let's just go over Fournette and. What he what he's been experiencing off the field and on the field. So here lately, he's got a suspended license. Uh, got caught driving without a suspended license. Ended up in jail. I mean, he showed up over late to training camp last year. He got into it with Coughlin. Coughlin's mad because of his sideline demeanor. He's suspended for coming off the bench for fighting. He's yelling at fans during the game. Ooh, it's a big risk for your first running back pick. It's so a, just maturity questions. It, yeah, it's on not top of the injury issues. It's yeah, it's not the on-field production. When he's healthy and he's in the game, he's the guy you want. I mean, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, if we're speaking strictly skill-wise, uh, uh, Leonard Fournette has the skill to be a top ten back in my mind. Um, there are some injury concerns. I can't seem to stay on the field the last two years. But when he is on the field, um, put together some solid games. You know, weeks 10 through 16 last year, at 22 points, 20 points, 23 points, uh, all real good weeks. Took a dip, 4, 6, 13. Uh, so trailed off, obviously, quite a bit towards the end there. But uh, absolutely killed it for the first couple of weeks. Um, so guys drafted him high last year, oh. expecting him to could stay healthy. come out the gates. And he just never got healthy. Never got By healthy. weeks 10 through 16 last year, your fantasy playoff placement is already decided. So we want more from this guy. We want him to come in and be healthy. At the same time, though, when you have a down year like that, your ADP falls. That is true. So if you can pick it up and get back to the form that we all expect to see you at, you could get a steal of a running back in some of the later rounds. That is true. He's got the upside to be top five. We know that. Um, Nick Foles, I like him personally. Um, I think it's a huge upgrade at offense uh, at quarterback here. Um, don't really like any of the guys that he has to throw the ball to, though. <laughs> Being quite honest, you know, you got uh, D.D. Westbrook over there. You got Marquise Lee who towards ACL last year. All kind of middle of the pack guys i don't really see one standout dude that i would that i would consider drafting um to start on a weekly basis you know if they have a good matchup I might consider throwing one of them in the flex spot if i need some points or if i got a guy on bye week but um not real high on drafting one and, and feeling comfortable to start him on a week-to-week basis anybody else you know disagree or you have a guy there that you like I mean, maybe if you can get Marquise Lee at the right value, and we'll just wait and see with him. Um, they uh, brought in Thomas Rawls also and released Carlos Hyde. Uh, the only other back they have is David Williams, who really didn't play much last year. So it's all signs point to a heavy Leonard Fournette offense. So 
He might be a steal, but you're taking a lot of risk on him. High risk, high reward. All right, one guy I wanted to touch on real quick is Keelan Cole. I really like him in that offense. Week 7 to 16 in 2017, he was wide receiver 18. Weeks 1 through 5 in 2018 was on pace for 1,000 yards. So he is a sleeper, somebody to think about. All right, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions go with TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Hawkinson. Tight end out of Iowa. I really like this guy. All right, so. They definitely hyped him up enough. Here's the thing about rookie tight ends. You've had a huge uptick recently in tight ends going in the first round. It was For a long time, it was rare to see a tight end in the first round. The past few years, you had these insanely talented guys coming out. You have three guys who have ever finished in the top 10 of fantasy their rookie season at tight end. Aaron Hernandez. Be? Oh, okay. Rob Gronkowski. Oh, okay. Long smash. And Evan Ingram a Ooh, couple years ago. Interesting. We just so about those it. three guys are the only people to crack that. So TJ Hawkinson comes in tight end out of Iowa. Who else went to Iowa? I don't know. Who's George there? Kittle. Oh, snap. So you got some of the tight end production. These guys are cranking out tight ends. They got another tight end coming out this year, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noah Fant. We'll talk about him later on. But Iowa has the tight ends. Hawkinson looks to help carry on Johnson. He's already at the top of his game in blocking. Also, an incredible receiver. Carry on finished 29th in the league in rush yards, only 10 games. What's our outlook on that offense with Matt Stafford? Well, Matt Stafford, I, I was going to talk about carry on for a second since you were kind of leading into him. I mean, with that, when I look at carry on Johnson, it's, it's a matter of touches. Uh, and lack of touchdowns hurt his numbers last year as well, finishing that late. Uh, it, he's just, he's got to get the ball more. Um, there's a lot to go around in that offense. Um, the thing with Matt Stafford, I, I just I don't get it. Uh, he's got all the weapons you could you would want as a quarterback, but it's never that elite quarterback for fantasy that you want. He's fine, he's he's fine. But when I'm looking at a, playing a quarterback each week, I want a top ten quarterback, and he's not necessarily always up there. But my player that I really like for this team is Kenny Galladay. I think he'll take a step forward. 6'5", 220 pounds. He runs a 4'4 at that weight. Uh, I, I When I think of Kenny, I think of the game where uh, Tremaine Johnson got intercepted by Stafford. Surprise, surprise. And uh, Kenny just laid him out, forced the fumble, then he got the ball back. He's just the guy, kind of guy you want on your team. He got 70 catches for 1,063 yards and five touchdowns. Um, they got to get it to him in the red zone this year. When they get down there, they need to use his size to come up with the ball. And and that's up to Stafford just to throw it to him. Um, All right, my question with Kenny, which I, I obviously I, – I think he's talented. He's extremely talented. Nobody's denying that. The numbers speak for themselves. Finished as wide receiver 20 last year. You're huge on this guy. I know you are because you talked about him all year last year. How how much higher do you think he can honestly go though? 
You think he can be a, a wide receiver, one, a top 10 wide receiver in this NFL football league? Because I just don't. I, I think he could take a step forward and, and you know, crack into that top tier wide receiver two, maybe jump up into the wide receiver 15 numbers. I just don't see him jumping up into the top 10. A am I wrong? Do you think he's going to go higher than that? It, it just depends on how they use him. They can use him all over the field. They ne don't necessarily do. I mean, he's competing with Marvin Jones, who's going to be the deep th deep threat of that offense. You got rid of Golden Tate, but he, he played games without Golden Tate last year, and it wasn't a huge improvement. Um, it's a lot to spread around, but, yeah, I, I think maybe not top five, Sean. I'll agree with you there. But, yeah, he has the potential to be, you know, the wide receiver 10 to 12, somewhere in there. He was wide receiver 20 last year. I think he can step up into that range, depending on how well they move the ball. So a couple more touchdowns. I think he's right there. He got shut down in a couple games by Patrick Peterson and Xavier Rhodes. So you see the top end corner still shutting him down, and that's just going to come with experience. I think he's he finishes wide receiver 20, so he's right there as a wide receiver too. You like to see that. You're going to see just an improvement in consistency as with him coming in as the top weapon for them so you like him to take a step forward as well then i do Swipe okay to step forward okay fair enough um carry on we'll speak on him for a second last year had a couple of other guys in the mix um and now they add carry on carry on <laughs> and now they add cj anderson uh to this running back field and you know cj looked solid last year absolutely looked solid bounce around never really looked like he found a home until the end of the year um went over to the rams Gurley went down and stepped in and did i mean absolutely phenomenally for for a guy just coming in who really didn't look like he had any place on an nfl football team anymore weeks 16 and 17 uh 22 points 21 points i mean absolutely killed it and this is when you're looking for your your, your run your stretch you're in the playoffs i mean absolutely killed it um and you got carry on there, the young kid uh, who looked like he was going to be the guy last year um, and, and did have some solid games but never put together a full, complete season. I expect him to do that this year. But the real question is, is CJ going to cut into that? Is it going to be shared workload? What is it going to look like? Personally, I think carry on's going to um, take the lead role. I think CJ will be kind of a change of pace back get a handful, maybe a little bit more than that carries a game. But I think carry-on's the guy there. Uh, are we all in agreement with that? Do we disagree? And you're forgetting about Theo Riddick. There, he's going to be in there as a patch-catching back as well on third down. So you got Matt Patricia coming from the Patriots. You know what they did with the running backs. You never knew. Yeah, any day, but I think hopefully, like you're saying, maybe he'll break through and become that number one. I think they believe in Carrion as the guy. He is going in the fourth round right now at ADP. He's got a lot of hype as a workload type back, but he's got he's just got more competition than I most think that's guys. a pretty good deal in the fourth round. Oh yeah, and he's right there at the tail end of where your starting running backs are going quick. Absolutely, as and they so, usually do. Real quick before we move on, uh, Hawkinson, do we expect him to have a uh, big fantasy year? I've seen a couple predictions that look at him in the top five, but I 
I will have to see it. I'm not drafting a rookie tight end early. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at most tight ends take, what, two, two and a half, three years to kind of get the flow of things in the NFL? A couple years. I think O.J. Howard had as much hype as anybody yeah. coming out of the draft. <laughs> Just a physical he monster. He was in a similar situation with Brait and with Jesse James there in Detroit. I think, I think Hawkinson is on the field a whole lot more, but I look for him to block for carry on more than you want him to for fantasy purposes. Gotcha. Okay. What do we got next? Buffalo Bills. So, the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia. Hide the tables. Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, Houston, one front office, called him an alien. His short shuttle at the Combine was quicker than Saquon Barkley's. They go with Cody Ford, next pick, and anchor at right tackle, try to improve that offensive line. Devin Singletary add another running back to that crowded backfield. He shows the future. The front office probably wants a future of him along with TJ Yeldon, who they added. Ah, Buffalo is hard to talk about. Jesus. I, I, I like it. Josh Allen, I like the arm strength. I like the talent. I'm just not quite sure what direction this franchise is headed in and whether it can be successful for fantasy. I like the legs on Josh Allen. I remember watching a couple of games last year where the dude bust out the pocket and ran, and, uh, you know, talking about quarterbacks, those rushing yards can add up fairly quickly. Yeah, in 12 games, I mean, the guy got, let's see here, 631 yards and eight touchdowns with his legs. Unbelievable. That's not solid numbers. I mean, especially from a QB, that's bonus. Last six weeks, fantasy points for Josh Allen, 26 points, 27 points, 18, 20, 12, and 41. I'd love to see that 41, baby. But could... Could absolutely have some terrible games this year. Oh, yeah. So his... Maybe his floor is not as high as you want it to be with the interceptions and with the lack of receiving I, weapons. I'm scared to death of his floor. He's extremely in, inaccurate with his passes. And this, these are the guys he's throwing to. Cole Beasley, Zay Jones, John Browd. I, and, and they got Williams as well. They, I, I was looking for them to really make an upgrade in the offseason. I don't feel like they have. I love John Brown. I just how dare you back talk Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the offense as a whole. You want to see Josh Allen's accuracy improve a ton. He is getting a lot of hype in some circles for fantasy purposes, but I'm probably not. I'm probably going to stay away. There's just other guys with more upside. What do you think? You mentioned earlier it's a it's a running back senior citizen circus is the way I look at it. <laughs> I mean, we got we got Shady, Gore, Yeldon, and then you just mentioned we got the rookie Devin Singletary. That's uh, that's really crowded. Very crowded. Shady was trash last year too. I mean, some rumors that Shady could be moved, but uh, I feel I like it would have happened already. Yeah, that's just me personally. Whenever there's like talks in the off season about running backs being moved, you like. You like to think that it happens around or before the draft so they can try to get a pick and, and use that pick. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not on a, I'm not a GM for an NFL football team, but 
I'd like to think that he probably sits where he is for right now. I I, I think he probably would have been gone already if he if he was going to go somewhere. Yeah, just mostly desperation plays for the whole offense and fantasy. I just can't do it. Sorry, Bills fans. Yeah, doesn't look good. Hey, I love Bills fans though. I mean, Bills Mafia all the way. True. I mean, they're recruiting the Panthers' entire front office to run the team, so hopefully it looks good at some point. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, the Steelers. Steel curtain. So the Pittsburgh Steelers trade up for Devin Bush. He is their preferred Ryan Shazier replacement at linebacker. He's an undersized guy, 4-4-3 speed, plays fast. They want him to hold it down in the middle. Hold it down. So they also fell in love with another guy in the draft, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver from Toledo. Tough, great hands. They grabbed him before Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay did. Reportedly, Arians cussed out the wide receiver coach for the Steelers for taking this guy. They love him. He scored 13 touchdowns last season, ranked as one of PFF's best fits with Pittsburgh. Somebody's going to come out of that wide receiver core with stupid numbers besides Juju. So what do we think about the outlook for Pittsburgh? Uh, well, you know, let's, you mentioned Juju. We'll talk about him uh, briefly. Um, you know, had 1,400 receiving yards seven touchdowns, um, was fourth most in the NFL with 166 yards. And if you remember correctly, earlier in the podcast, I talked about Antonio Brown being third most in the NFL in targets. So uh, Big Ben likes to throw the ball. So as you said, somebody's coming out of that offense with some surprising numbers other than Juju. Juju ended as wide receiver nine. I liked him to stay right around there. Um, Honestly, I think he drops a little bit with the departure of Antonio Brown. I know a lot of people have him stepping up because he's going to be that number one guy. But you have to think, you know, Antonio Brown on the field is obviously going to draw some double coverage and safety high. Um, So now with that pressure on Juju, I do like him to take a step back slightly. Um, But yeah, as far as who is going to take over and, and come out of this wide receiving corpse other than Juju with some big numbers, I mean, flip a coin. Realistically, I don't have any insight to it. I I think it. I think we'll know more as training camp goes on. We'll hear about one guy emerging more than the others. Dante Moncrief <sighs> scored. He Moncrief had about thirteen had, touchdowns with Andrew Luck one year. My issue, yeah, I, I get that. My issue with Moncrief is he's always been this hyped up guy. He had that one big year in Indy, and then everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to be huge. He's going to do big things." Went to Jacksonville last year, was subpar at best. Now he goes to Pittsburgh. I mean, I, he's always been hyped up as this guy who's going to take the next step, and I just haven't seen it. He's just another guy. He's a wide receiver three among a list of about 150 other wide receiver threes, in my opinion. I mean, what about James? Is it James Washington with the Steelers? James Washington. So the guy that everyone's going to forget about, they invested some draft picks this year in wide receivers, but last year in the second round, they chose James Washington. So he is as good a bet as any of those wide receivers to come out with that wide receiver two spot in that offense. He knows the offense. He's got the experience from and last year. And he, they draft capital. When you're looking at rookie guys, you look at draft capital, and you look at 
what the opportunity is going to be. He's got both of those things going for him. I am interested in all these guys. You look at Big Ben. He was the number three uh, quarterback in fantasy last year. Yeah, he had Juju at the fourth amount of targets as far as wide receivers go. He had Antonio Brown with the third highest amount of targets in the league. I look at just Ju- a stupid amount of pass opportunity. I look at Juju's seven touchdowns. Those are only off of thirteen end zone targets for the season, by the way. So they didn't. He's making something out of nothing early on, or they're just long plays to Juju. I'd like to see him get the ball more in the end zone. So real quick, let's go back to Juju's regular season stats without a B. Oh God. Versus New England had six receptions, 114 yards. Versus Houston had six receptions, 75 yards, and a TD. Can it be mentioned? Oh, wait, these are without Antonio Brown? Without AB. Okay, fair enough. So he had the number one on him. Is that? Yes. Okay, all right. right. Absolutely. Versus Cleveland went over 100 yards twice, a touchdown in one of those games. Versus KC had 121 yards, 13 receptions, and a TD. Tampa Bay over 100 yards again. So he... I think it's a lot to think about with a top corner going to him. It's a lot to adjust to, but I think Juju just got it. He's just talented enough to where it, he can play against any corner in the league. I believe in him, too. Is he going to continue riding a bicycle to the games? I hope so. Love it. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do we What do we like about Big Lance in your pants, Vance McDonald? Jesse James, gone. So what do we think about Vance? Finishes tight end 12 last year. I love it. Jumps. I think the opportunity's there. The Top stiff 10. arm kid? The stiff the arm. The stiff arm kid. is there. Oh, God. Go back and look at that stiff arm from last year. It is phenomenal. He's I am getting a Woody it. just thinking about it. He's got all. He's <laughs> got the opportunity. They're going to feed him. There's. You just got a. a a lot more talent this year coming into the tight end position, but I still like him as a bottom-end tight end one. All right, there's one guy we haven't talked about yet. One guy, one guy, one guy, one guy. James Connor, 973 rushing yards in 13 games, 12 touchdowns, 497 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, ended as RB7 in 13. Games. So what do we expect out of this kid this year? I will go ahead and tell you, I expect him to be in the top five. I just think the workload, the offensive line, I think he's absolutely going to get a boatload of work. And when you get that much work in an offense that likes to open things up with passing the ball, you're just asking for wide open lanes. You're just asking for lanes to run through. I mean, we all remember what Le'Veon Bell did when he was there. James Conner took this role last year and did basically exactly what Le'Veon Bell was doing there. I mean, there's no reason in my mind that he can't jump up into the top five. <laughs> there, there. Yes. Yes, Sean. You're starting to lean me more and more towards James Conner. But there's about five, six guys I would take ahead of him. That's the only difference between me and you. I like Connor. Here's here's what I like. I like his position he's going in the draft. I think he'll be a value play. If he's sitting there around 9th, 10th pick, yeah, I'll take him. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, stats here. So last year, he averaged 21.5 fantasy points per game. Well, Le'Veon Bell averaged 21.9. 
And and Le'Veon Bell was always a top three pick. So why is James Conner not a top three pick? I don't know. Are we saying James Conner is a great running back, or are we saying any running back in that position with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense can do something special? You look at D'Angelo Williams, Jalen Samuels, Tucson. Maybe not necessarily Tucson. But these guys all produce when they're put in that position because they're going to be the bell cow. They're not going to be sharing the ball. If Connor gets hurt, what happens? Does Benny Snell come in and he might be taking over the job? Who knows? That's what I worry about is, yeah, you pick him. He's your number one pick. And then he gets hurt and he's out for a couple games and somebody else comes in and can do the job just as well and they stay with him. So you handcuff your guys. Yeah. I mean, there's risk <laughs> with every running back. You're talking about risk with every running back. Well, if DJ goes down, who's the next up guy? I mean, if Le'Veon goes down, who's the next up guy? If Saquon goes right. down, who's the next up? There's risk with every single pick. People get injured in the NFL Football League. It's a physical game. We all understand that. But He's an All-American. He's nasty. He's disgusting. The, the injuries... He had the concussion issues. We're talking RB7-2 in 13 games, mind you. Right. He didn't even play a full season. So you're saying, why can't he be a top three pick? Well, if he plays all 16 games, excuse me, last year, I think he is a top three pick. And I think there's an argument being made to take him in the top three. I think that he, the only reason he's not going top three is he missed a few games and just the talent above him is stupid. It, he, you could make a good argument for him as the fifth best fantasy running back, at least. So here's what I like. I like his value, where you're getting him at. You're if you're getting, getting him, where, where are you getting right him, Right now, you're getting him pick 10 in the first Solid. round. Oh, so so ah, That is so great. I mean, I've seen him go in the second round at the turn. Draft. I mean, you're getting him, and then right, right after, you can get another one. Um, Solid. What, what do you guys think about Big Ben's production this year without Antonio Brown? Finished as QB3 last year. I think that that production is just insane. You you got to look for him to fall off a little bit. But his do, do, value is also ridiculous. So I don't even know where he's going. I just... I just QB3, I don't think that's sustainable for He's Big going ben. in the 11th round in 10-team league. Well, that's phenomenal. You have to take him there. But so, what I'm saying is I don't think that the QB3 is sustainable. Traditionally, if you look back over his history, he's had terrible play on the road, has had great play at home, um, which is standard for certain quarterbacks. But especially for Big Ben, there's a massive gap in between his home fantasy points and his away fantasy points. Um but I just think QB3 is a little unsustainable. Obviously, if you're sitting there in the 11th and you still don't have a quarterback or you're looking for a backup, I mean, yeah, obviously, grab that guy. But, um, you know, I think QB3 is a little high for him. I do think he takes this step back, but I'd be really shocked if he drops outside the top 10 for QBs. That's what I've heard about Big Ben for a while now. Play him at home. Stream him at home. Bench him on the way. Let's talk about last year road points. I'll admit it was a rocky, rocky start. First game of the season at the Browns. He only got nine points. Yeah, everybody always talks about his I home disagree, road splits. I disagree with this home run split. One of okay. many areas me and Sean disagree. All right, okay. at Tampa Bay last year, 24 points. At Cincy, 20.6 points. The Ravens, 25.2. Jacksonville, 20.7. Denver, 20.3. Oakland, 19.3. And at 
the Saints 29.6. That doesn't sound terrible for an on-the-road quarterback. When I think on-the-road quarterback and I get worried, I think of Drew Brees. I mean, he traditionally has played better in the Dome. Um, you know, not specifically. I mean, obviously, he plays better in his Dome, but when he's in a Dome setting in general, he he typically plays better. But that's, you know, traditional for a lot of quarterbacks. The wind factor is gone. You don't have to worry about any of the weather. Um, you know, like I said, traditionally, Big Ben has had issues with road home splits. According to the numbers, he uh, maybe he busted was that solid last, last year. year. But uh, that's all I got for Pittsburgh. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you guys for listening. Find us on at the Oracle Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow, subscribe. Tune in next week for the rest of the NFL, the rest of the team outlooks. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.